Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Like Other Girls. It's me, Shannon Fiedler. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. We're in that very weird time of year when it's not Christmas, it's not New Year's, that sort of in-between week where you don't know up from down, you have no idea what day of the week it is, you're subsisting on like leftovers and whatever you can find in the fridge because the last thing you want to do is go to the grocery store and really just sort of like in this no man's land of life until life picks up again on, what is it, January 2nd, right? Because January 1st is the holiday. Every year I find myself thinking a lot during this week as we approach New Year's Eve about a lot of things as I think is totally normal when you have any big marker, any big life marker that feels like the start of something new, the end of something old, a change is going to make you a bit introspective. It's going to make you think about what was, what's going to be. And I think New Year's Eve, I won't even say it's no exception. I think it's the biggest one of all because I think every year – we are faced with this like, oh, like, it's the new year. What does that mean for you? I just feel like there's a lot of pressure on you put on yourself in so many different ways, both from what are you doing to celebrate the holiday? Also, like, what are you going to do differently in the new year? And I just, I get why there's that pressure. And I'm not saying we should get rid of it. I'm not saying that, I'm actually very pro New Year's resolution. I think, I think we all always want to do things differently or better ourselves, whatever that means to us. And sometimes you just need a kick in the butt to do it. And I think New Year's Eve and the new year, 2023, whatever, can be that kick in the butt that gets you saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally start my goals because it, it has that feeling of a fresh start, which I think is important. I think sometimes we need a calendar marker or a life marker to feel like we can make a change ourselves. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with New Year's. So we're going to get into it now. And we're going to start with New Year's Eve. Because I think we are all coming to a point as a society, or at least I'm starting to feel it and how I'm noticing people talk and how the people in my life are feeling, where we are ready to admit that New Year's Eve kind of sucks. And I think that's something we've all known. I think we have all known that. For our whole lives, we've all known that New Year's Eve is not the best holiday by a long shot. But I think for a long time, people didn't really want to admit that. They were like, no, 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 New Year's Eve, it's glamorous, it's fun, we're going to have a party. And I think now I'm starting to notice, and I don't know if it was the COVID of it all, and that the past couple years, New Year's Eve parties weren't as much of a thing. And maybe we realized, oh, this shit is overrated. Or what it is. But I do think that people are like starting to finally come out and say, New Year's Eve sucks. It's overrated. It's never fun. What are we going to do? How are we going to change this? How are we going to change this tradition? Because I think if you think about it, a traditional New Year's Eve, here's where I think the problem is. The problem, I think, is that the reality never lives up to the promise. So if you think about a traditional New Year's Eve, party like the ones that you see on tv or in magazines and the ones that you hope you're gonna go to they sound awesome of course we want to do that everybody's in like sparkles and fringe and it it's so unlike the rest of your daily life it's so glamorous and fun and there's 
there's something really like sexy and I don't mean that like the the true word sexy but in terms of like alluring like there's something really alluring about this idea of an amazing party where everyone is dressed to the nines and you're drinking champagne like champagne is the drink of new year's what is champagne the drink of besides weddings like it it is it new year's is associated with all of these like fun aspirational things that you kind of wish your day-to-day life had more of more more reason to wear sequins who doesn't love wearing something that's like fun and sparkly and elegant and and just so different like than what you would wear to any other party there's also the midnight of it all midnight is is an exciting time and I, maybe that's because when we're little kids and we hear Cinderella and it all at the strike of midnight and there's there's a lot of lore around this idea of midnight and so like a party that revolves around the hour of midnight also is really alluring. And especially because when you start hearing about New Year's, you're a kid, obviously, that's when you enter the world and that's when New Year's starts to happen. So staying up until midnight is such a big excitement. And I don't think that ever goes away. Because I think even when you are at your height of partying, right, you're in college or a couple years out and you're staying out till three in the morning, the parties that you go to, they still typically like have their big climax of like, oh, we're singing happy birthday at like 10 at the latest. So this idea of the excitement of the party is going to happen at midnight, like that's also really cool and you want to be at an event like this. And then there's also the whole New Year's kiss thing which we'll unpack because that's a whole thing in and of itself. But this idea that it's it's a party holiday, and I think that's fun because you've just come off of Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all these holidays that are like super family-centric holidays, which are wonderful, but then to go to this like friend party-centric holiday, maybe even you're going to be with like strangers, and again, all dressed up at midnight, there is something very... It feels cosmopolitan. It just feels like it should be this amazing thing. And it might be romantic. That's another fun part of it. You're like, oh, I'm going to find a New Year's kiss. Or I'm going to have a New Year's kiss with this person I love. And you have these expectations for the night that are impossible. So even if you go out and you have the best New Year's ever, it's not going to live up to the expectations that you've set in your head. At least for me. That is my experience with this because, I don't know, I was like a little girl who loved putting on makeup and playing dress up and romance. And so I was always hyping up this idea of New Year's because you don't grow out. You don't grow out of that like hopeless romantic thing. And so I was always hyping up this idea that like, oh, New Year's, it's going to be the best night of the year and putting all this pressure on myself and on the events that I was going to to have them be this amazing holiday. And the last thing that I think adds to that pressure is not only is it a celebration and a party and a reason to go out and have fun, there's this whole other layer and interpretation and significance of it being the start of a new year. And I I know that there's like some wives tale or superstition or whatever, but it's like, However you spend New Year's, whatever you're doing at midnight is a 
an omen or an indication of how the rest of your year is going to play out. I mean, that's a lot of freaking pressure. What am I doing at midnight on a Tuesday that happens to be New Year's Eve? That's going to determine my entire next 365 days, 66, if it happens to be a leap year. Like, are you kidding me? That is so much pressure. And even if there's not, you have all these like New Year's resolutions and you want to start the year off on a good note. And even if you're not saying, oh, this is going to be the trajectory for the next year of my life, there's this feeling of if I don't do something really cool on New Year's, I'm not starting off the year with the kind of energy that I want to bring to it. So you put all these expectations on New Year's, all of these ideas that it's going to be this amazing night and this pressure that if it isn't, you're totally screwed. And then it literally is just a recipe for disaster. Because we all know that when your expectations are really high, nothing can live up to it. So that's part of it. But then the night itself is just, of course it's not going to be fun. In a lot of places, New Year's Eve is freezing, right? So you have this like little strapless sequin number with a high heel with a peep toe. And it's 22 degrees outside and snowing. So you're physically miserable. Then everything you want to do on New Year's costs 7,000 times more than it would any other night. And I just, that's so frustrating. So if you want to go to one of these elegant soirees, suddenly they're all ticketed events and they're super overpriced because they know they have a captive audience of a group of people that feel like I have to go out. If I don't go out, I'm not doing it right. So you have this captive audience. So it's super expensive. It's super cold. It's it's incredibly crowded. So there's just like more people everywhere. So even if you go to a ticketed event and it has an open bar and you're like, all right, I'll get my money's worth of it out of the open bar. No, you won't. Because the line for the bar is going to be 70 people deep Because there's more people going out on this night than any other night of the year. People who don't go out any other weekend will go out on New Year's Eve. So there's just so many people. And then you're like, okay, well maybe I won't go out. Maybe I'll just go to a house party. Cabs are going to be way more expensive on New Year's. Like if you're going to take an Uber or something, it's going to surge. So then you're adding to that, which is annoying. Again, it's freezing to go outside. It's also like, House parties, in my experience at New Year's, have always been like so awkward because they kind of live in this like no man's land. Because I think it's rare that if you're going to a house party, it looks like the house parties that you see in the movies. (laughs) Obviously, life isn't a movie. But like the one I always go to is When Harry Met Sally, that like iconic, amazing, beautiful New Year's scene looks so glamorous and fun. And these people are throwing this amazing party. But like I've gone to parties at my friend's apartment's And we're like, we're all going to get dressed up. But then you feel really stupid. Even if you're all dressed up, something feels really like, I don't know, like try hard, I guess, about being in your friend's apartment with shitty fluorescent lights and a terrible kitchen. And you're in like this super high heels and the sequin dress. And, you know, if you're a guy, you got a jacket on or something like It feels really incongruous with what you're doing because you're sitting around the TV eating pigs in a blanket watching Ryan Seacrest. So I just like always feel like the house parties never live up to the hype either. It's all just like building up to this moment where you're like New Year's Eve is going to be the best night ever and inevitably it falls through. 
And I think now (laughs) that I'm 30, I know I say that like I'm old and wise and I don't claim to be, but I think I have enough New Year's under my belt now that I can acknowledge all of this and I can say to myself, I'm opting out. But as a younger person, I don't think I had that clarity of self or that confidence to opt out of New Year's. And I think that's because whether it's through the movies we watch or the TV shows we watch or whatever, this this idea, New Year's Eve as an idea and this romanticized idea that it's going to be the best night ever and if you're not doing anything, you're a loser. At least that's how I felt at the time was so internalized. Like I felt that in my bones that I would do anything to not do nothing on New Year's. So if I look back to my New Year's Eves from college forward, I went to a lot of parties or went out to events with people that I like genuinely didn't really want to go to. Like it was a friend of a friend of a friend who was throwing a party and I was, it was nice of that person to include me, but I like got there, I didn't know anybody. I was like, you know, I had nobody to kiss, which of course feels like the worst thing in the world when you're 23 years old. And I just like would drag myself out in the bitter cold at 10 o'clock at night. Miserable, really, because that sounded better than being home alone with nothing to do on New Year's. And I don't want to like hate on younger Shan too much for that because I was thinking about it and I think having nothing to do on any sort of demarcation or celebration day would feel crummy. Like if it was your birthday and you had really nothing to do, you didn't make a plan to get lunch with a friend or dinner with a significant other or you didn't get a call from mom or whatever and and the day went unmarked, I think that would feel depressing. And I think that's the same of any holiday. If like Christmas or the 4th of July or even Halloween rolls by and you have this sense that, okay, everybody is going out and doing something tonight and I'm not. I think it's really hard to not feel like, to not extrapolate and be like, I'm not because nobody wants me to be there or because I don't have a cool enough life to have plans. And of course these things aren't true. Of course these things aren't true. We know that. But it it can be really hard to parse those two things apart. It can be really difficult to say, okay, I have no plans on New Year's because I'm choosing to not have plans on New Year's because the kinds of things that I want to do are not proving themselves to be available to me this year versus I have no plans on New Year's because I don't have the opportunity to have plans. And so I think it's like kind of a reframing of like what should those plans be? I think this is definitely something that comes with age. I, I don't I don't think I could have ever at 22 years old had this idea that like I can opt to do nothing for New Year's and be totally fine with that. I like me personally could never have had the strength of the mental strength to do that. Th- that to me would have signified too much. I still think that there's like a feeling of wanting to do something really fun on New Year's Eve. I do. I think like every year come like October, November, as I start to make my plans for the holiday season and you travel and you do all of this, I always hold New Year's Eve. And I'm always like, oh, it's good. Something amazing is going to come up. And 
I don't know why I like continue to think this like the definition of insanity right is like doing the same thing and hoping for a different result and I can look back at every New Year's of my life and I've had some fun New Year's like my fiance and I started dating in a in December a couple years back and so New Year's was like our fifth date and so that was like super fun and like you know, there was all that romance and I like loved putting on a fun outfit. But like we went to a shitty bar that was really crowded and had bad champagne and left at 12.05. So like I had a nice time because I was like falling in love. But that had literally nothing to do with New Year's Eve. That just happened to be the calendar date that our fifth date fell on, you know? So I think if I look back through all of my New Year's Eves, besides like being a little kid and being excited to stay up till midnight, none of them have been like, amazing but every year I'm like no but this year maybe we'll do something cool and it you know it's changed a lot again as I've gotten older it's like less about like going to a cool bar like whatever it's more about like maybe we'll go to a nice dinner maybe we'll invite a bunch of friends over and like play a murder mystery game or whatever dorky ass thing I want to do but I like hold the date and I like refuse to make plans because I like what if something better comes up and and inevitably nothing comes up And I found myself this year without a single plan in the world for New Year's. And I'm like, kind of cool with it. And now I also understand, and I say this just because I think it's an important distinction. I think like when you have a significant other, someone that you're definitely going to be with no matter what, I think that goes a lot, a long way to take the pressure off of New Year's Eve. Because so much of the pressure around New Year's Eve is that damn New Year's kiss. Which is like the dumbest thing ever. I think it's really nice if you have someone in your life that you're dating or married to or whatever that at midnight you kiss and it's like, it's the same reason you would kiss because you're excited about anything else. It's exciting. It's a new year. But this idea of like you have to have someone to kiss at midnight is just going to have you end up making like a bad choice and kissing someone you don't want to kiss or a stranger Or worse, someone you shouldn't kiss, like an ex or a friend or whatever. And then you're just starting the new year on a terrible note of a bad kiss or a wrong kiss or a kiss with crummy consequences. And like, it's the dumbest thing ever. And I get get that it's like me doing this podcast right now is not going to alleviate hundreds of years of lore about the new year's kiss. People aren't going to be like, oh, well, Shannon said it's stupid. So now I don't feel like I have to get my new year's kiss. I know no one is going to say that, but I want to continue adding that energy into the world that like, stop with the New Year's kiss. It's really, it's so insignificant in the scheme of things. And I've had a lot of New Year's is with a kiss and I've had a lot of New Year's is without a kiss and like, it doesn't make a difference. But there's all this pressure for the kiss. So I understand that like, if you're single and you are at a point in your life where you don't want to be single or you love being single and you want to live it up and you want to party, I think there's a lot more of that pressure that I've been talking about to like have amazing plans. Whereas if you're just like coupled up and a little bit boring, like I think I am at this point sometimes, I think there's, it's very, it's much easier to say, okay, we'll just do nothing. Because at least you have a built-in buddy to do that nothing with. And I think that helps. I think being alone on New Year's versus choosing with 
even if it's a group of close friends, like you have two or three friends that you're like, hey, like we are opting out of New Year's entirely. We're going to watch our favorite movie and make a delicious meal. I think that's the same thing too. I don't think it necessarily has to do with being in a romantic relationship or not. I think it has to do with the difference between being alone or having a person or a couple people that you opt out of New Year's with. I think there's like almost a power in that. I feel like I'm being like weirdly defiant by being like, I'm opting out of New Year's. <laughs> Again, not like it matters. But you're dealing with like years of, of, I don't know, society telling you that you can. I think maybe the ideal New Year's is to get like a group of like six people and rent a cabin somewhere and like just have fun. I will say, I actually do think like, from my experiences of my New Year's, I I think the best way to enjoy New Year's, if you can, is to be away for it. And a couple years back, I went with two of my good friends. We went to London and we spent New Year's there. And that was, that was definitely the coolest New Year's I've ever had. Probably not because of what we did, but because we were away. We were somewhere new. It felt very novel. Felt very unique, which was cool for this feeling of like a new year, a new setting, a new place, having this adventure. And also, when you're on vacation, there's no expectation that you're going to be with a large group of all your friends because you're on vacation with the people you're on vacation with. You guys are committed to doing something together, whether that's, again, your family, your significant other, your friends, whoever it is, you're you're planning to do something together because you're all away together. You're not going to get pulled apart into like, you know, if you're with your friend group on New Year's and you're all in the place where you live, one of you might be going somewhere with your family and another might be going somewhere with your significant other's friends and another might be going somewhere with their friends from home. So you kind of get split up in a way that you can't plan for. Whereas when you're away, you're like, all right, I know I'm spending New Year's with the people that I'm away with. And when you're on vacation, I just feel like you're down to have more fun because you know you're on vacation, you know you're... So like a, you're not going to be there for long. So I guess my my biggest advice would be if you want to have the most fun New Year's, plan a trip. And that trip can literally be, it doesn't have to be going to London. It doesn't have to be going abroad. It can literally be renting an Airbnb an hour outside of the city you live in with your three best friends and having like a slumber party. But I just think that it like creates a confined environment where you're all in it together and you know what you're getting into before the night starts and I I genuinely think that is the recipe to a fun New Year's. So that's my thought on like this New Year's pressure this this idea that New Year's has to be something that it's just like never gonna live up to It, it just it can't and I think you could say the same thing for New Year's resolutions. So when, I th- when you think about New Year's, there's sort of two things. What am I doing New Year's Eve? Who's going to be my kiss? How am I going to celebrate it? All this pressure to have a great New Year's outfit. So there's that side of things, which is the party, the night, the holiday itself. And then there's this whole other side of the spectrum, which is New Year, New Me. Which I think is another thing as a society, we are all finally being like, we have to stop saying that. Because it's ridiculous. You can't, just because the calendar page changed, you can't be like a brand new version of yourself. That's just not how the world works. And it's 
an unhealthy thing to even try to do, to change your whole life just because it's a new year. But wrapped up into that very trite saying of new year, new me, is a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of pressure in a different way. So I almost think it's the opposite pressure. There's this pressure to better yourself because it's the new year and to think about all these things that you want to change about yourself and and to have these resolutions that you want to change all of this stuff and whether it's a pressure to make them or the pressure that once you make them you have to live up to them I just I think it's too much pressure I really do and I love introspection obviously I don't think that should be surprising I love a moment of what can I do better what can I do differently but I think that maybe there can be some reframing around New Year's resolutions I don't know this is my experience so I think I think that a couple things about resolutions I think are what I'm planning to do this year I think that one of the biggest things that I want to change about how I approach my New Year's resolution this year is quite literally that, the approach. So I feel like in the past, and I would say probably most people, when they come, when they sit down with their notebook and they're like, I'm going to write out my New Year's resolutions, is I think they look back on the year or their life or they look at themselves and they just start making a list of everything they don't like. Everything that, so that I've done that a million times. I'm like, I hate that I am such a pushover, or I don't like how weak I've gotten. I want to get stronger. And you just start to focus on all these things you don't like about yourself. And I get that. This is about making changes. You, it's rare that you say, like, wow, I really love this quality about myself. Let's change it. Like, I get that that, that it makes sense that New Year's resolutions or these changes that you're pledging to make come from a place of, things that you're not super satisfied with. But I think that that can end up causing you to, at least in my experience, make unrealistic goals or as I'm looking for things that I want to change, I start finding these new things that I didn't even know I didn't like about myself. And we all have a list of things we don't like about ourselves, right? It's part of being human. Unless you are the world's biggest egomaniac you could probably name on your off the top of your head right now five things you would change about yourself if you could. I, I really think we all could. And it's it's something that I think we all need to work through and find self-acceptance and self-love and self-confidence. But even those things, not having self-acceptance, self-love, and self-confidence, those can be three of the things you don't like about yourself. So I think it's very easy to do that. My goal for this year when I start to think about my New Year's resolutions is I want to come at it from the opposite side. So I want to think about the things that feel really good for me or the things that I love and and sort of think about what what was awesome this year or what what is something that I I really enjoy or I feel really proud of or I'm excited about and how can I bring more of that into my life? So One thing that I am looking at is, and I think this is a pretty, across the board, I think a lot of people have this resolution, but to have more gratitude. 
to take a moment to be more grateful for all the amazing things that you have and, and the blessings and everything from the most mundane things to the biggest things in your life to just feel more gratitude and take more time to be grateful. But instead of coming at it from this place of self-hatred and beating myself up and being like, God, Shannon, you don't spend enough time thinking about how how wonderful it is to have these people in your life who love you or whatever it is. Instead of coming at it from that place and saying, God, I'm not grateful enough. I don't do enough to be grateful. I'm coming at it from this idea of every time I stop and think about how grateful I am that I have a wonderful family, a wonderful fiance, that I have this great career that I like. Every time I stop and I think about those things that I'm grateful for, it makes my whole day better. So if I want to make more of my days better in 2023, one way I could do that would be to make more time to be grateful. It's a language shift, really, but I'm a writer. So language is really important to me. And I words matter. Words mean everything. So I think really just shifting it in that way is going to make a difference for me. Another one, if you want to think about, you know, the most common New Year's resolution, I looked it up, is to get fit, right? And so I think it's very easy to be like, I have to go to the gym and make it this almost like, it feels like punishment then, right? It feels like, God, you don't go to the gym enough. You have to go to the gym and you're forcing yourself and it's crummy versus if you come in at the opposite and I know that on days that I do yoga or work out in the morning or move my legs or go for a walk, my whole day feels better because my legs are moving better. I have a hip problem. My hip isn't bad. I have less headaches. So if I want to have more days in 2023 where I don't have headaches than days when I do have headaches, that could probably mean I put more of a focus and a prioritization on physical movement. So again, I think that's a small tonal shift in the way that I'm looking at resolutions this year. But I think it it does help me stray away from that new year, new me mentality of I have to change my whole life. And focus a little bit more on new year, same me, but honing in or focusing on the parts of me that I like the most. Another thing that I, I wanted to say about New Year's resolutions is I, I think I had the best New Year's resolution I ever had last year for a lot of reasons. But the biggest reason was that it was in, entirely doable. And so if I look at a lot of New Year's resolutions that I make, that my friends make, that are like the popular ones, and I looked at them, a lot of them are like, get fit. What the hell does that mean? Okay, like that is not something that I can actually action on. Or they're like, even one that I just said is my resolution myself, be more grateful. What the frick does that mean, right? Like be more grateful. These things, they're such ideas they exist at this like high level of like a concept so like how do you know if you're achieving it right and if you're not actually achieving it then it's really easy to give up on it and so I know that like every year I made a TikTok about this last year because it is too true to me by like January 11th I have forgotten about my goals and I've given up on them and I'm on to the next thing however last year I made a New Year's resolution in conjunction with my fiance, we did it together, but we were like, we live in New York City, 
we don't really feel like we're taking advantage of it enough. We do the same thing a lot of days. We watch a lot of Netflix, whatever. We want to take advantage of living in this really amazing city that we live in. So every month from now until the end of the year, we want to do one like cool cultural thing that you can only do in New York or that's easier to do in New York, like going to a museum, seeing a play, going out to see jazz, going to a comedy show, although Lord knows I go to enough comedy shows, that kind of thing. We want to do one cultural thing and we want to try one new restaurant that we've never been to before because we were totally like ordering from the same Thai restaurant every single week, which we still do. We love that restaurant, but we wanted more variety. And if I looked at that from my new like focusing on the good perspective, I think I could say we have a lot of fun when we do things we haven't done before. How can we bring more of that into our life? We want to do one cultural activity, one new restaurant every month. And that was our New Year's resolution. And it was so actionable. And it was so quantifiable. And it was so clear. So it wasn't like, I want to get fitter. What is fitter? I don't know. Do I want to, you know, does it have to do with how many days a week I go to the gym? Does it have to do with how many weights, I pounds I can lift when I do bicep curls, whatever. Like that is so not demarcated and clear. So it's very easy to fall off the wagon from it because you don't even know what you're working towards. What I liked about this resolution was it wasn't focusing on a true flaw that I had with myself. I wasn't like, God, Shannon, you're a terrible person because you didn't go to a museum this month. It was more like, how can I make my life feel more full, more fun, more fulfilling? And then it was also something that I knew I could do. And I can't tell you how many months, I mean, there are definitely months we didn't complete them and we said we'll punt it to the next month or whatever. But I can't tell you how many months we would get to like the last three days of May and be like, oh my God, we didn't go to a restaurant. Let's make a reservation. And it was fun and it was exciting and it felt like we were carrying through on a promise that we made to ourselves, to ourselves as a couple, to ourselves as New Yorkers if you want to get real kitschy about it. But we felt like we were doing something. And it was funny because even like last month, somebody asked me, they're like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I started by saying, oh, so our New Year's resolution was to, and this person laughed at me. And they were like, it's November. Why are you still talking about New Year's resolutions? And I was like, well, isn't that the goal? Really? Shouldn't a New Year's resolution be something that you can achieve and accomplish and do for the entire year? Isn't it more about years than new? And so I love that this New Year's resolution was something that we kept coming back to that really did sustain us for the entire course of 2022. So many years I made these New Year's resolutions that were so lofty and so freaking impossible. And just like things I knew I was never going to do. I was like, I'm going to journal every day. And when you make a resolution like that, that is really hard to live up to and to, to make your promise on, of course you're going to just stop doing it entirely. So if I told myself, okay, Shannon, I want you to journal every day, and then three days in a row went by and I didn't journal, then I'm just done journaling. However, if I tell myself, I want you to journal twice a week, and then I get to Saturday and I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't journal yet today. If I still journal today and tomorrow morning, I can meet my goal. Or, uh, I didn't journal twice a week, but at least I got once a week. There's this idea of, of you can still do it. Because you know what? Life freaking happens. 
And if you try to do something every day or something that like you don't necessarily want to do, you're going to miss those days. It's not going to happen and it becomes a really good excuse to stop trying to do it. And my thought is, if you're making that resolution in the first place, you probably want to do it, right? I think we set these unrealistic goals for ourselves because we have this fake confidence and this like, or not fake confidence, but like all this adrenaline of it's a new year I can start fresh it's a new page and that's great but I think it makes us make these goals that are just too big so my biggest advice would be make your goals manageable achieve them and then if you like them build on them because I have to tell you coming to the end of 2023 having completed this 2022 resolution that I set out and still feeling connected to that resolution and wanting to do it again for the new year, like that feels really, I feel accomplished. I feel really good about that. Finding those smaller, easier to tackle resolutions that will make a difference in your day-to-day life, I think is the way to go from my experience. Regardless of what you do, whether you're going to stay in and have a chill New Year's Eve in your pajamas or you're going to paint the town red and pop champagne bottles, and wear sparklers. I hope you have the most wonderful New Year's Eve, whatever that means for you. And I hope you enter into 2023 with excitement and with things you can't wait to do with the rest of the year and changes that feel like they're going to bring out the best in you. And just go into the new year knowing that you can make the changes whenever you want to make them. And I hope that 2023 is the best year in for everybody. I think it, you know, we've had some tough years behind us collectively. And I hope that your 2023 is full of accomplishments and excitement and happiness and just feeling good about yourself and taking a chance to think about the things that make you happy and to approach things with positivity instead of negativity. And hell, to go to more parties with sequin dresses. I said it. It doesn't have to be New Year's Eve. You can wear sequins whenever you want. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution, to wear more sequins. Well, we'll find out soon enough. But until then, Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening all through 2022. And can't wait to see what 2023 brings. Until then, I'm Shannon Fiedler, and this was Just Like Other Girls.